He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The better you can operate, monetize the work that you're doing, and be efficient about it, um, the better off you'll be. And so I think you're also seeing some of the big operators reconsider, you know, whether or not they want to build all their technology. Do they want to buy some technology? Uh, I think there was a trend a few years ago of, you know, everybody building in-house. That still continues. Um, it can be economical depending on who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of other people are starting to think like, okay, I need to put together what's important to me and my business. And now I need to put together the right tools to optimize those pieces of my business. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This podcast is sponsored by Hostfully. You've heard them on the show before when I had David, the co-founder of Hostfully. What Hostfully does for the industry is create digital guidebooks and they're a property management platform. So you can manage your vacation rental or boutique hotel on Hostfully directly. I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a wild year, but with this year has come a lot of great things like Hostfully and the software that they've created. Hostfully is making it easier to help optimize your listing and your vacation rental so that way you and your team can grow and thrive during this time. Not only are they a great software and platform for vacation rental managers and small boutique hotel owners to use, they are a very insightful company. They use a bunch of integrations and partnerships with other companies in the space to find the most compelling data to help make sure that any user or industry expert has the tools and resources to make sure that they are literally optimizing and using everything to their advantage. Things like industry reports and white papers and data insights are key to understanding how to continue to move forward and Hostfully does this super well. Now I want you to take a look at the show notes below, see the link that says Hostfully website, click that, and if you sign up and get a guidebook or onboard to their software, use the code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off and you will not regret it, I promise. So go ahead, go to Hostfully.com and get signed up today. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and I say we rarely do this, and it's very true, but bringing on a guest from the past back onto the show doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's usually because the first episode was so kick-ass that we just had to do it again. So I'm excited to have Jeremy from Breezeway back on the show. We're going to be talking about 2021 mm -hmm. and trends and vacation rentals and, of course, operations when it comes to operating a successful vacation rental brand. So, Jeremy, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's great to be back. It's um, I think it's been about a year. Um, yeah. What a year it's been. Uh, 2020 has been something else. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think we would meet up uh, this way, you know, round two. I was hoping in person would be great, but I think uh, back in March and April, our, all our plans got a little shattered with that. But yeah, totally. But thank, um, thank God for Zoom, right? <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, right? It, um, <laughs> we all spend a lot of time on Zoom nowadays. Yes. Well, and it's funny too, because like we were just talking yesterday, um, the last in-person like event was the Shorties Award. And then of course, the Short Stay Show. And I, you know, ran into a couple of your associates there. And now here we all are just virtually hanging out no more in-person stuff. So it's That's been right. It's right. Like you, you only said, have to get years. dressed from the, from the waist up. It's like, there's exactly. always benefits. You got to look for the silver <laughs> lining. Exactly. You got, you know, take a, let the, uh, let the laundry breathe. So they say, <laughs> Well, I'm excited to have you back on. And, you know, we had an interesting chat um, going into kind of what our discussion is today. And, 
you've, you know, you're a pioneer in the industry. You've done a lot with, with FlipKey and then just going into what you've built with Breezeway. So I'm really excited to talk to you about because I feel like you just have that perfect wealth of knowledge for what we're going to do and talk about. So um, thanks for being on again, but I want to jump in and just kind of see what's kind of happened this last year. Obviously a lot has, you know, been in development with Breezeway and what you guys are doing. Uh, with your platform and your product with the vacation rental professionalism and operations behind the scenes. So I'm curious to see what's been new. Yeah, I think this has been, 2020 has been a challenge for everybody in the industry. And, um, you know, I think um, operationally, the challenges that people faced going through and continue to face um, around COVID-19 and the pandemic and cleanliness and, and the right standards that they want to operate with. Um, you know, we didn't all see that coming um, back in back in February, yeah. uh, back in January, February. And so that's obviously, I think that's just dominated. It's dominated the business. But in the, you know, then you have the backdrop of Airbnb filing their S1, demonstrating really the resiliency of the vacation rental product mm-hmm. and um, and how well that that is positioned in the in the hospitality sector yeah and even um, you know companies like uh, Expedia group talking about how verbos really carried the the revenue for them uh, in this time and um, just show like you just said showcasing the resiliency the the fight that the vacation rental segment brings to, to the game is pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. I think that's been, that is like one of the, and I think that's, you know, we're here, we're going to talk about trends, but as you think, like, as you prep to think about the future and you look towards the recent past, yeah, that, that concept that this is the most resilient segment in the travel industry, mm-hmm. I think is really key. And it also, we all like to talk about how the vacation rental market is so fragmented and there's all these different operators and it's so fragmented, et cetera, et cetera. But really what it also is, is it's very unique and it's mm-hmm. unique in its ability to be a, be a great option during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, what's also standing out. Not it's not just the resiliency, but like just how unique this is compared to, compared to other hospitality, compared to hotels. Mm-hmm. I was just off the top of your head. Can you just maybe give us some insight? Why do you think we were the first segment in hospitality to recover so quick? Um, like what makes vacation rentals? Cause you know, you still have like hotels, which there's, you know, it's real estate, it's a business, but then with COVID obviously like people don't want to be close by and intermingled that way. But if it wasn't COVID, let's just say another financial crisis or whatever happened, do you still think that vacation rentals would be the, the leading front for, for hospitality? Yeah, we, we fielded some of this back in 2008 with Flipkey and vacation rentals are, they're not, they're not purely counter-cyclical, but they have a counter-cyclical element to them where, um, you know, a family, you don't totally cancel your family vacation you just might change where you're going. So the people that might have flown for an international vacation, uh, when times are a little tighter, um, they get in the car and they drive. Uh, and they find a place closer to a drive-to destination. Or maybe you don't go to Disney and you, you go somewhere else. And so, or you do a, <clears throat> you do a multi-generational trip and it's, a, it's an opportunity to travel with family. And I think all of these really highlight the strengths of vacation rentals and um it's an economic you know especially with large groups it's an economic choice it's a way to get together during during the pandemic it's just clear people wanted to and we've seen this right you can see this in some of the airbnb material but yes there's longer extended stays stays of stays have increased because people want to just go and work from another location Mm -hmm. um but I think, you know, this was the perfect sort of vacation rentals were the perfect sort of escape. Yeah. And I think, I don't know when Verbo dropped the home away from home um, tagline, um, but it's really true, right? This is mm-hmm. like, you're stuck in your home 
you're being responsible and you're self-isolating and you're trying to take care of your family and your health. Um, and now you can go do that in another home. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty easy lift compared to thinking about a hotel. Literally like a home away from home. Like it's literally not, it's, it's a home. It's like the <laughs> coolest part. So yeah, exactly. um, I missed that tagline. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a good one. They should keep it for a long time, especially after this. Um, you know, we're talking about trends and speaking of that, we talked, you know, you mentioned a couple of times already, um, drive to destinations. Um, and I love what you said yesterday when we were chatting was that, uh, this is like the new, you know, like, I guess home away from home, like people are discovering their backyard in a whole new different light. And, um, you were kind of talking about how, you know, you see this continuing in 2021, um, and, and so on. So what, what makes you think that's a trend that's going to stay for other than the obvious reason of like getting a home away from home? Um, why do you think, you know, people are going to continue that route? Yeah, I think there's going to be this, <clears throat> I think we, we chat, we talked about this a little yesterday, right? There's going to be this obvious bump um, in people being cooped up and, and for sure they're going to want to get on a plane uh, when they feel comfortable to do so and go far away um, and be in a spot that's really different from where they've been for the last mm -hmm. year. Um, but I think once that settles down, there's something, there's something really enjoyable that comes with taking a vacation a little closer to home and being in that drive to market and sort of falling in love again with um, your area or some place that was someplace that's so easily accessible that you can build a relationship with it. Right. Yeah. And we've seen this time and again with vacation rentals, right? Not only multi-generational travel, but you keep going back to the outer banks for your vacation with your family. Maybe you're not going with your parents or your grandparents, but that's where you went as a child. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you go with your family and you just keep returning back to the same place. And I think this is an opportunity where people are starting to forge those same connections. So I think it's gonna be resilient and it's gonna stay that way. Um, this sort of lift in um, sort of the popularity of vacation rentals as an option, I think it's gonna stay. I think yeah. there's an argument in 2021, um, that's the new baseline. That people yeah. have discovered, more people have come in, they've discovered and they like this travel option um, and they see how easy it is um, and they're going to they're gonna keep doing it. I was going to say, it's like, it's like setting that, I like that you brought up the the generational thing, you know, like the your parents when your family went as a kid and now you're bringing your wife and kids or husband and kids or whatever. And um, it's like setting the tone for the future, you know, setting the tone for you know, the and setting the tone in the sense of, like you just said, um, discovering your own backyard, but like a new way of travel that's really cost effective. It's really convenient. It's not as exhausting, um, you know, with, when it comes to like planes and international time zone differences and all the other things that go into our like 2019 levels of, you know, craziness and travel and fun. Um, so it's, I yeah. think it's really, really cool to, to actually think about that, that light. Of yeah, I think it's the same thing, right? I think this, why would we think that, I mean, if you look at the material, right? Um, people believe that work is going to change fundamentally mm -hmm. post pandemic, that remote work and the way we work is, is fundamentally going to change. Um, why would we think that you know, work will change and these other aspects of our life will have a permanent sort of lasting effect because we've discovered something new, yeah. but that the way we travel won't change, will just like magically go back to the same way it was before. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's realistic. Um, just like, but you know, it's, I mean, all the people that have, you know, gone on RV trips, does that mean they're all going to go out and buy RVs in 2021? No, but probably, you know, not. Are they, probably not, but they're not going to go buy RVs, but like, will they have discovered something really interesting and probably turned into, um, you know, repeat customers 
to RV shares or to taking RV trips. I, I think that's hard to deny. Yeah. And like, I've seen a couple of like new ones pop up, you know, like the van life of, you know, rise and people like converting buses and vans and like still doing that drive to destination, but really just bringing like the accommodation with them. Uh, you gotta get is, some van life. You gotta get some van life people on the podcast. I, that's I'm trying. A, that's a demographic. I'm <laughs> I, I'm trying. Trust me. There's a company here in Seattle, so I'm working on it. Soon nice. to come, slick talkers. All the audience listening, be careful. Watch out. We're coming. <laughs> um, no, but like I, I think it's really cool that you know, like you said, you're setting the tone, discovering our own backyard. Um, operationally, like what is this? What have you guys seen? in the you know the recent changes we, we talked about breezeway on the podcast last year you know we're talking about uh you know we talked about like the name of a hospitality provider or property manager and like what that role really entails and now we're seeing it obviously shift and change a ton since this all happened so what's kind of been like the bird's eye view with breezeway and what you guys seen in the operation background yeah i mean it's like that jurassic five song quality control i think that's like that's the name of the game is that everyone is really, I think there's just, we were on this path of increased focus towards quality control. And now it's just continuing to, I think COVID-19, all of a sudden the spotlight was on, hey, we really want to, you know, we want to, people want to travel. They want to go local. They're not sure they want to go to a hotel. They're looking at vacation rentals. Are they safe? Are they gonna be clean? Cleanliness and safety became synonymous. And you saw, the, you saw the professionals in the market really look at how they were handling their operations and procedures, double check. I, you know, we, we talked about this over the, over the summer a lot in the marketplace, which was like, you really didn't see the professional vacation rental managers, hospitality providers who've been doing this for a long time that run great businesses. Lots of those people are clients. They're not thinking, they're not suddenly like putting on the brakes and saying, you know, I have to do everything different. These are people who have been carefully and very, you know, very um, diligently cleaning and preparing properties for the next people and the next guests who are coming in for years, you know, they've been doing it for 20 years. Like they have a, they have a procedure in place to do this. I think what most people who fit that category did was they said, okay, let's look at, you know, let's look at this, what's happening. Um, There's, there's COVID-19. We want to make sure people don't get it. What do we have to do to tweak our existing procedures to be even more diligent in the face of you know, a global pandemic where we want to make sure our staff and our guests and our owners are staying safe. So what we saw was most people on the professional side of the market tweaking their existing policies, making small changes, making adaptations to their existing operations to make sure they were doing a really good job, double checking, you know, crossing your, crossing your T's. And um, that turned into, but even just doing that, your 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 listeners and people who are in this business know the margin of error is really small mm-hmm. um, on the operation side of the business. You're trying to turn over properties in a, a very careful, diligent way. They're typically a lot larger than hotel rooms. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. And you're trying to do it in short order. So what really happened is, you know, Lots of the country and lots of the world and lots of our customers were shut down uh, March, April, and May. And then as the restrictions lifted, they went from zero to 100% like right away in, mm-hmm. in a matter of like two days. Mm-hmm. So they had to be like, I, we had no one, we had no one in any of our properties. And now on Saturday morning, we are going to be 100% occupied and we're going to be 100% occupied from now for the foreseeable future because there was so much pent up demand and they've been canceling and moving reservations out. So I think that just put a ton of, even just those small tweaks, long answer, put a ton of pressure on the business um, to make sure that you were taking care of the properties. And so do you think that you you talk about teams and, and property managers, um, you know, 
is that uh, a rise you guys have seen as well when it comes to um, the vacation rental market is more rise in property managers. And you, I love the word that you said, quality control. I think, um, you know, finding what is standardized in the industry and not um, when it comes to vacation rentals is a key thing. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I think that um, over the years, this market has, people will sometimes say we're still in this period of like the vacation rental market is still maturing or um, the sharing economy was just invented. And so now like this is a whole new category of travel, but that's not really true. You know, this has been around for quite a long time, Yeah. Um, but it does keep, it does keep shifting. And I think the, you know, added marketing opportunities for vacation rentals have created marketing challenges, which is how do I stand out now when everybody can be marketed on the same marketplace, same OTA? Um, in some ways, the playing field has been leveled a little bit on the marketing mm-hmm. side. And to really stand out, you have to, you know, you have to be super diligent about it. You got to be on top of it. Um, and I think now what we're seeing is the same thing, um, same thing exists on the operational side. To really stand out, you have to be on top of it. And that's bringing new, I think that is going to, as far as trends go, I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the owners who self-manage to how am I going to keep up? I'm already struggling a little bit to keep up on the marketing side. Yes, I only have one listing, but I have to keep optimizing, trying to optimize my my rates, stay competitive. Um, Now I really need to optimize my service. How am I going to deliver I'm a one, one, I'm an owner who's self-managing this unit from far away. Like, how am I going to deliver this hospitality service? Really high quality. How am I going to maintain that quality control? It's not easy. And I think we'll continue to see as a growing trend, you'll see more and more folks from that market turn to property managers um, and leverage property managers more. I think property managers are in a great position to gain market share. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask too, um, do you like, do, do you think entrepreneurial, like not saying that hotels and hoteliers and people that own and buy and flip hotels aren't entrepreneurial because they are, but do you think with the, like, I think the, the right phrase would, you know, be the entry level uh, for vacation rentals, like, like the low barrier entry for that yeah. with the increase in like the you know entrepreneurial bug that everyone pretty much gets when they start doing this. Um, is what keeps making the vacation rental industry to continue to pivot and change. And that's why people are thinking it's like brand new because there's so much growth and so much innovation happening at once that people are starting to notice it in a different way. That's why it looks so brand new to people outside of the industry. Yeah, it's a good question. I think there's some, I think there's some element to that. Um, and that's definitely the demographic you highlighted is, is a real demographic, right? There's a lot of those people. A lot of them are your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people like that, which is awesome. And I think that makes the industry more dynamic. I'm not sure if those people are completely fueling the technology, whether it's coming like bottom up or it's just sort of, it's more coming top down. And by mm-hmm. top down, I mean, just by virtue of, guest and owner expectations changing, the market becoming more competitive, you're spending more money on marketing, your margins are getting a little tighter. There's a lot of, there's a lot of top-down pressure despite new entrants to the market that are saying, hey, you know what? I've got to keep thinking about how can I leverage technology to be better and better at this job? How can I be better and better at this job? I also think it's kind of a maturation of you know, technology too. And that, you know, I've been doing this for a while from Flipkey to now Breezeway. Um, but property tech, you know, was not a thing, uh, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Like people, people weren't like, it was just becoming a thing. And, you know, yes, property management software systems have been around for ages and technology around property, you know, 
marketing and operations, channel management, it's been around, but it hasn't had this like spotlight on it. And I think property tech has picked up more of a spotlight as well, even separate from the vacation rental industry. And now you have like the convergence, now you have the convergence of both, um, which brings more technology than it fuels the cycle um, of innovation. I think that's a really good point too, but I want to see, because I think there's a combination, you know, we have like the side of, um, you know, the tech and the continued innovation and travel demand and ownership expectations and guest expectations. What uh, you, you said it a couple of times too, and I love it is, um, you know, hospitality service. Um, now, what kind of role is this playing into it? Because we are in the hospitality industry. A lot of people, you know, in the beginning when I did like the mastermind series that you were on and other things, you know, uh, we're like, well, we're vacation rentals. Like, yeah, but you're, you're hospitality, you know, you're providing like, an experience. Um, and so what do you see that playing a role into how this is shifting as well in the sense of experiences and moments and memories and all these other things that kind of go into what we're doing? Yes. I mean, I, I think from both the guest and the owner side, um, that sort of hospitality experience, I guess I'll start like super high level. I think there's a trend in, there's a, there's a coming trend towards hospitality living. It's already here, you know, yeah. but it's a, you know, the term hospitality living applies to folks that want to have more of a concierge experience in their, mm-hmm. in their apartment in the city, where they stay long-term. This is, this is where they're renting, you know, long-term to when they go on vacation or whether they're traveling, right? I think yeah. Um, there's a great quote. I don't hope I didn't say this on your last podcast, but because um, I haven't thought about it for a while, but about, um, you know, there's a big real estate, um, real estate office, office, commercial real estate owner saying that, you know, what we work taught everyone was that we're in the hospitality business as commercial office, as, as even in the commercial office space, we're in the hospitality business and that's what we need to be delivering to our tenants, um, even in the office space context, which I think is like, you know, that's super, to me, that's very, very interesting because that is demonstrative of this convergence. And what does hospitality mean? It means service and it means that's what you really have to deliver. So yeah. I think we're going to see a ton of, I think we're going to see a ton of movement there where you see hospitality providers, property managers, hosts and responsible operators getting more involved in the stay post arrival mm-hmm. and pre checkout. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I think we're only scratching the surface of that, right? This is beyond do you need me to drop off a bicycle or an umbrella or, you know, beach chairs. I think this is really getting deeper and deeper into that vacation rental experience while you're at the property and helping guide that entire experience. We know Airbnb is, is focused on experiences while at the property. Um, you know, we know the OTAs um, are keenly aware that, you know, growing the experiences portion of their business is a, is a major opportunity. But they're seeing that and reacting to that because that's what the guests, they're, they're reacting to the market demand from guests. Mm. For that. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I think you know, the more people are shifting away from hotels st- and going to vacation rentals during this time, they're missing that kind of interaction, that little experience, that just a little differentiator that makes you feel like, ah, like I'm, I'm wanted here, I'm welcomed. It's like that warm, fuzzy feeling we all get. Um, I yeah. want to know. It's so interesting though, like, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's so interesting no, that like, um, you think about that and then you start to think about um, mid-stay cleans. Yeah. But the home is such an important part of, the home is such an important part of that experience. It's very easy and, you know, hotel ro- hotels know you are not spending the whole day at the hotel room. Yeah. They know you are, getting out and going, and they're gonna have plenty of time during the day to come in and refresh and do a cleaning and, and set things up. Really challenging in the vacation home context because the home is such a big part uh, of the experience. You might not be leaving. Yeah. Um, so how are we gonna coordinate that? And how are we gonna get in there 
and really provide that service. We saw a lot of that during COVID-19, right? Like you have a broken, even just the safety, keeping your staff safe while you're trying to deal with um, a property issue during a stay and trying to time and understand like, how can we get in to fix the ice maker when we're trying to remain distant and leave our guests alone? Super challenging. Yeah, yeah no, very true. And I wanted to highlight a certain thing. Obviously, um, I talked about the the barrier, you know, to entry was pretty low. But I want your opinion on on this because you know a lot of businesses in the hospitality space or not in the beginning of this COVID nineteen stuff um, went out of business, like closed permanently, like done. Like we can list a couple that everyone knows, like Stay Alfred's gone, all these other places are gone. Um, so. Do you think now the, with the current inventory, um, what does this look like continuing into 2021? Um, did, do you think we saw like those bad operators that kind of like didn't, weren't professionalized, weren't doing things like, you know, having noise monitoring or breezeway or anything like to have a functional property, you know, quality control type property um, to now the ones that are still here, still thriving, still leading the industry forward. Do you think that's going to be, um, I guess, like playing a big role into 2021 and how, you know, the the future of STR looks as we continue to, you know, project further? Yeah, I think you'll see some of that, you know, um, Jordan and the, and the team, the, the team at Stay Alfred, you know, they really were, they really cared about, about their business. And I think they yeah. were, they were great operators. It's, it's disappointing and unfortunate to see them go out of business. Yeah. Um, I think what you'll see is, and there's, and there, and you're right. There are a lot of other ones. Um, there are a lot of, they're not alone. There are a lot of yeah. other operators no, who have really struggled tons. And I think, um, I mean, look, as an entrepreneur myself, like it's just, it can be easy to get caught sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking about trying to navigate um, the worst crisis in modern, you know, travel history. I mean, there's just, there's nothing really like it where, you know, revenue plunges to zero for an extended period. Yeah. Overnight for an extended period of time. And literally people are, you know, restricted from using your product. I mean, it's super hard, challenging thing. So I think, I don't think a lot of these folks were bad operators. I think they just got caught in a bad spot. And I think that also, um, I guess to, to your real, to your real question. Yes. I think you will see, we're seeing it. And mm-hmm. uh, I won't say in all the ways that it, that it's happening, but I guess I'll hint at a couple. You're seeing that the a, a sort of macro effect of people are more, which is I think beneficial for breezeway. People are much more interested in the efficiency of their operation and making sure that they are running things smoothly. Mm-hmm. It is, can be a tough margin, you know, tough margin business and the better you can operate, monetize the work that you're doing and be efficient about it, um, the better off you'll be. And so I think you're also seeing some of the big operators reconsider, you know, whether or not they want to build all their technology. Do they want to buy some technology? Uh, I think there was a trend a few years ago of, you know, everybody building in-house that still continues. Um, it can be economical depending on who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of other people are starting to think like, okay, I need to put together what's important to me and my business. And now I need to put together the right tools to optimize those pieces of my business, um, which I think will also lead to the trend, uh, continuing trend uh, away from an all-in-one solution mm-hmm. to, you know, every company thinking very diligently about what pieces of the business are important to them and picking and choosing the right, the right tools to get the job done. Do you mean like, um, are you talking more like uh, all in one solution as in like a PM uh, property management software that has a you know, breezeway capability that has a API for this? Or are you talking like a bunch of just an open API for all of them to be a plug and play for any kind of operator? Well, it would be great. I, I don't think we'll move to, um, in the hotel space, um, 
which is a little, you know, which has um, a pretty mature ecosystem of software. Yeah. You know, middleware in those open APIs are fairly common now. I don't know if we'll move to that sort of a system where all the PMS companies want to just have this open standard with everybody. Mm-hmm. I tend to think we're probably not going to get there. But, you know, I do think, and we've seen a lot of this over the last few years, the property management software companies are very willing, um, almost all of them, very willing to have an open API and to help their customers pick and choose and find the right pieces um, to run their business. And they're more than, as well they should be, right? I mean, it makes total sense. They're, They're smart to have their own um, smart to have their own tools, smart to have their own revenue management, their own channel management. You know, they want to provide a solution if that's what you want, mm-hmm. but they also want to provide the optionality that if you don't like their solution or you need, you feel you need something more, you can plug in and you can, that can be facilitated. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a foregone conclusion at this point that that's how, you know, a good portion of the market wants to operate. Yeah. And I think like with the, uh the the I wouldn't I don't know if it's a trend, but really the flexibility that we've seen now with you know COVID nineteen providing to the industry, a lot of hotels are being more flexible, cancellations and non refundable rates, and booking windows are shortened, and vacation rentals are seeing the flexibility as well. Like the more flexible we are to the guests, and you know all that, it plays a role into a flexibility of our operations, flexibility of being able to pick and choose, like you said, having the option available or having it become included. Um, I think is is pretty key, and I. Yeah. Well, I was yeah, gonna totally. Yeah. It's amazing how many. Um, I think this was exasperated by COVID. Uh, I know it was, but um, we released a new product this year, feature enhancement for dynamic scheduling, so that mm. if you had a reservation, we pulled it over. Um, you scheduled all your property prep and your guest communication around that reservation. Um, and then the reservation moved. Mm. Um, instead of canceling all that, all of those will, all of those tasks and workflows will move automatically with that reservation. Um, and, you know, during COVID that just started to happen where reservations just kept getting stacked back and back as restrictions changed or people's travel plans changed, so many cancellations and then rebookings that you know the scheduling was very, very fluid uh, or last minute ones, so many last minute reservations um, as markets opened up uh, and we saw a ton of that. So I think Dang that's God. just a small way that like technology, you know, when, when you try to put in the right tools in place, technology can really enable those types of more difficult workflows that you know yeah. I think we're just going to continue to see saying what the heck why am i just now hearing about this i should i wish i had this when i was managing a hotel like <laughs> man that's so nice have just well, hotels it. have that but hotels don't have to worry quite so you know it's just it's such a different um it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see also coming out of you know in 2021 as we move past this you know we're all incredibly hopeful. We're going to, we're going to move past this at some point um, for sure. Um, It's going to be really interesting as hotels, hotels were already hinting before the pandemic. They were already signaling that they realized they needed to change the way they looked at their inventory Mm -hmm. to be more responsive to consumer demand, to consumer interest for unique, authentic experiences like you get when you're staying in a vacation room. You can you can promise you that over the last eight months, that sort of thinking has only accelerated yeah. among yeah. hotel providers because they have seen what has happened um, over the course of 2020. And I think on the other side of this as travel returns, it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how the hotel industry responds, what sort of convergence we continue to see, what sort of products they bring to market to address that. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, no, and we've already seen like homes and villas by Marriott, like 
it's a perfect prime example, even though they were kind of doing that a little bit before COVID, they really amped it up during COVID. Um, so that's just like one key example. But like you said, there's tons of hotels doing the same thing and or getting into. Um, I liked what you said yesterday when we were talking, and I wanted to highlight this in kind of because like, we talk every day. Yeah, every day. You know, we're we're best friends. We're virtually having beers. You know, it's it's good times. Um, no, the the way you looked at like 2021 and like we're talking about trends and operations and the quality control and like the rising standard and professionalism in the industry. Um, I like how you broke 2021 down into a six month period block, right? The first six months still going to be ran and controlled by COVID. The, you know, the last six months, a full restart, a refresh in a sense. Um, so I want to hear other trends, other uh, maybe some insights, things that you're thinking like that will continue or will escalate or will maybe become something brand new. Yeah, I think um, one that's been on our mind is, you know, in 2020, and I think a lot of the trends, it's impossible, right? 2021 is not going to be a normal year. No. E- even if even if we were done with the pandemic, 2021 wouldn't be a normal year because it's going to come after 2020. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I think any trends that you think about the future, you have to take 2020 heavily, heavily into context. And I think one that sort of happened in 2020 was this concept of cleaning and safety becoming synonymous Mm -hmm. because they had to, because we were worried cleanliness and how well you did that job now was really heavily correlated and tied to the safety of your guests, owners, and staff. And mm-hmm. so it made sense for those two to be really tight together. You know, I think that will be decoupled in the second half of 2021. And as part of this increased focus on quality control and elevated standards, we will start spending a little more time talking about um, the safety of the property, the physical safety of mm-hmm. the property, how well it's being maintained. And I think that will... You know, in 2021, that's going to turn into a trend and one that, yeah, barring another, you know, please, I hope we don't have to go through this again anytime soon. Barring something like this, I think this will be a main focus of the industry over the next few years. Um, And really thinking about, you know, everybody has a vested interest in this. The OTAs have a vested interest in quality control. Um, not just cleanliness, yeah. but how the property is maintained and cared for, how you interact with the guest. Um, local regulators um, have a highly vested interest in how this goes too. They want to make sure that if the utilization of these properties, um, you know, I think that's going to be, a, you know, that's a whole separate trend, but I'll mention it as part of this context, which is like how these properties are used um, and part of a neighborhood and part of a local community um, is going to receive a little bit more scrutiny. Hasn't mm-hmm. been lost on local regulators that vacation rentals are really popular. Yeah. Um, they're paying attention and they want to understand, hey, we, we need to know what's happening here. We need to understand how people are coming into our area and interacting with these properties. What's the impact with neighbors, et cetera. And one of the things they're going to be focused on is okay, great, higher utilization of these properties. How well are they being maintained? Mm-hmm. They're not commercial properties, we get that, but like what's happening? There's a lot of turnover, there's a lot of use. Are they being maintained in a safe way um, that everybody feels comfortable about it? And I think that's gonna be, I think that's a massive trend that we're just still seeing the beginning of. Yeah, well, for those regulators, they just need to listen to a podcast, like that's it. They just need to hop on Slick Talk or Lando's Unlocked or whatever and just get on <laughs> get get on the train. They need to learn. So this they is do need they to learn. learn. They need to learn. I think yeah. they're willing to, though. You know, I think not everywhere, but I think they are willing to learn. And I think, you know, I just think they want to make sure that they're providing a great product to mm-hmm. people who are coming and 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 interacting with their with their area. Um, yeah. And they want to make sure everybody's safe doing it. And it's, it's a responsible, it's a responsible part of their tourism playbook. Um, yeah. So, but I do think we will see, you know, that's been a little bit of a hodgepodge over the last 10 years of fits and starts and 
whack-a-mole of regulators in one area getting more serious and then another one sprouts up, I think you'll just sort of start seeing it all sort of bubble up mm. um, sort of everywhere that this is something that's going to be on people's minds. Yeah. And I, I like that you keep, you, you brought up the, the the fact of, you know, like the OTAs have an interest in this, you know, like the professionalism and how we're interacting with guests. But I think it's been cool to see too, because I, and from my point, like point of view and perspective, 2019, 2018, saw a big movement of like support local shop local eat local but not not many people were doing it and now with covid being in place everyone is like actually really doing it they're not just posting about it on facebook they're like yo this this restaurant needs your help like go support local stay local and vacation totally. rentals have been playing a huger role in the sense of they're not representing you know the ota or the property manager or the owner they're representing their community representing their neighbor in the sense of like i live next door to a couple restaurant owners or to the person that has the brewery down the street or the coffee roaster or the honey hive you know like all these things now you're representing a community that really does need it like the local movement is now like actually not a hashtag thing on facebook it's a legit movement of people operating and and acting on um which has been the coolest thing because like so many uh, Airbnb operators, like people that, you know, do the arbitrage or property management, they, you know, could do it anywhere. They could be on the beach sipping a margarita and just be, you know, doing what they want. But now they're really like showcasing their local community in a, in a broader perspective, kind of like how hotels or other, you know, tourist um, attractions do, right? They, they showcase the area, their destination. So it's kind of cool to see vacation rentals um, really jumping up that that role yeah and i think there's 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 new initiatives in place you know on the national level with vrma and with other organizations to really reconsider you know what is the relationship between vacation rentals short-term operators and their neighborhood and their local regulate regulations and i think um we'll see we'll see a lot of that and yeah of course yeah people are couldn't agree with you more. People are much more aware of the impact that they can have on a local level to mm-hmm. support their business and sort of support their community. Do you have yeah. a honey hive? Honey yeah, we hive. do. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, we, I, want, I, want, I want some of that. Yeah, a couple of my clients, like we have a coffee roaster and then one of my clients has, um, you know, they they do two vacation rental properties on their their land and they grow honey with, you know, they have a beehive and they do like little jars of honey when they check in and it's super cool. I love it. It's like, I love that. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, it's, that's how it's supposed to be. But the, But that's a great example. Like those two people, they are not, you know, they are not like doing it from anywhere, sipping a margarita on the beach, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. are invested in that experience yeah. and they are invested in what it's like for somebody to come to their, come to their home, come to their property and have a really good hospitality experience. And I personally think like the people who want to do it from anywhere, who are going to be sipping that margarita, like they are going to be forced to, they may not call this person a property manager. Yeah. It might not be a, a, you know, a large business that's been in business for 20 years or one of these entrepreneurs who's starting a new one. Yeah. Very, you know, has big aspirations to grow, but somebody is their property manager and their relationship with that person is going to become more and more critical and important to the success of how they rent that, that unit. Couldn't agree more. And I love how Sibby Margarita on the beach became the analogy for that whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that tells you. I mean, I would love to, sipping a margarita on the beach sounds like, I mean, it sounds foreign to me at this, at, at this stage, but uh, yeah. I, that's aspirational. It'd be nice. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll just change the virtual background to you know, somewhere. Background. Yeah. yeah what and then just... this, isn't, this is virtual? Oh, I mean, yeah, no, no, not at all. My chair, that's not my chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. Well, hey, I think this has been a great conversation. I've had a lot of fun. Um, and I, you brought up some really good points that, you know, I wasn't quite thinking about, to be honest, when it came to 
you know, the trends of, you know, the operation and quality control and like the actual properties quality, not the, not the professionalism and the management and the ownership and the host. Um, so I think it's something to, for everyone to keep an eye on. So slick talkers out there that are listening, obviously, come on, step it up, listen up. This is the great stuff. Um, so Jeremy, any, um, anything like you want to leave the, the listeners with, I know there's a lot popping out through breezeway. I like to give the, you know, final moments where you guys get to share any, um, initiatives or any just exciting news that you guys are working on for, for any of the slick talkers that want to find out more and kind of discover you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I appreciate that. You know, we are a property, you know, operations and service platform. Um, the whole idea is, um, you know, it's going to be hard to do this job. It's getting harder. And if you have some smart tools that can help you, you can really gain some, some efficiency and you can deliver a better experience. So we're working diligently on more and more automation. We've got some cool stuff coming out. We've added a lot to our messaging product. Um, and I would just say for the, for the slick talkers out there that, um, you know, don't, because we've seen this happen a couple of times where some folks will say, well, yeah, that sounds like, that's for really big businesses. That sounds like that's for these big enterprise uh, property managers with hundreds of units. And sure it is. But, um, but the fact is like people who have smaller inventory and they really want to dial it in, this is going to be more and more what's expected of you. And you should take every advantage to um, that you have to operate just like the big folks. Um, And so we're happy to talk to you about it. And, um, and, and we can tell you more. Perfect. Well, Hey, I, I appreciate the conversation. And for anyone who's listening, uh, everything in the show notes will be linked and you'll have access to everything we've talked about, anything that's mentioned, um, all the stuff going back to breezeway. So it'll be at the you know power of your fingertips right there. Um, Jeremy, I want to say thank you one more time just for being on the show. And I appreciate all that you guys are doing. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.